Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by Elect 825. We are thrilled to join you on 8, WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, there's a lot to talk about in the world of sports today. Forget that. You almost forgot what station we're on. Well, here's the deal. Um, I forgot what station we're on, and I'm trying to— Do you know what city we're in? I don't even know what— Like, my... if, like if you're going to start pretending you're a Cowboys fan, can we just end this right now and go well, straight that, to the weekend? That won't happen. And we've got right. Keith Pompey, noted not-Cowboys fan, joining us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to make sure we bring him in from Locked on Sixers, the Inquirer. Wait, before, be- before we talk to him, though, just to, to finish this— do the whole circle on, on Dallas. Yes. You sent me something yesterday from the Philadelphia union. That was classic uh, where they congratulated every city who got the world cup, except for, Dallas. except for Dallas. It was wonderful. Whoever yes. runs their social media accounts needs a raise. Did you also yes. see the, uh, the segment from the weatherman earlier this week on Dallas? No, I don't watch the weather. So it was a weatherman in Mississippi. That's what you have a phone for. It was the weatherman in Mississippi who said that uh, they were going to get Dallas weather because it was going to be in the 90s all week long. All right. right. So (laughs) the fact that you just brought up a weatherman in Mississippi, we're done with this conversation. It was Dallas, man. I'm sorry. We didn't start with Michigan. Keith. Go ahead. No, we Jeff end with him moves. taking a shot at Michigan. We don't start with that. But that's, we can that's, take, hey, uh, what, what was it? The, the coach, the coach's grandson committed Notre Dame. Yeah, I know. And how do I know that? Because you sent it. To me. Yeah, it was like wow. Thanks, and, thanks and, a lot. You, I, I appreciate Lloyd Carr, right? It was him, right? It was Lloyd Carr. Yeah, yeah the one who, the, the one who won the dude. national championship. Yeah, that. Yeah, one. They, and they mm-hmm. fired him, and then wow. So yeah. Keith, all right, so Keith. I got a question to start this whole thing off. So yesterday was the NBA finals. Golden State wins again. And, and I, I sent you something this morning because all of a sudden I woke up and my first thought, sadly, was there are two former first round picks on the six from the Sixers, Andre Iguodala and Drew Holiday, who have a combined now five NBA titles. Now, is that real? The pro- I know Drew has one. So Iguodala won all four. Was he there? He has for four. four. Yep. I sense a story how's the, pro- how's the process working out now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how's that set up? Yeah, that's a hurt piece right there. I mean, when you think about it, because, I mean, that hurts because you got rid of, well, Iguodala left beforehand. Like, you know, it's one of those things where he wanted out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I mean, these were two stars. They were the two stars of the team. And four, nine years later, you know, they're still stars, you know, to a, to a certain point. Certain Like, I know um, Iguodala is no longer the man, but as you saw him uh, yelling at a Wiggins on the sidelines, coaching him up, so to speak, you realize how vital he would be. And you look at guys like Joel Ben Simmons when he was here, Tyrese Maxey, he would have been a great locker room guy who could come off the bench and do things for them, you know, but um, yeah, it's, it, this is a bad sign, I guess, for the, for the process when you see these two guys celebrating and winning championships. Yeah. And, and the problem with it for me is, is not necessarily do you sit there and unravel everything and say they would have won a championship here, 
but you look at situations and and one of the things that seems evidence now not only when you talk about like what you talked about with with Andre Iguodala and him being a leader and a locker room guy and stuff it it's Wiggins Wiggins has turned into now a star and it's clear that the situation that he's in matters yeah. it, and so you look at the Sixers and the organization in just the last decade do the Sixers have the kind of organization that you can bring somebody in here that's going to thrive, that's going to be better than they were where they are? You know, I, I think that's to be determined right about now. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you have like Daryl Morey and you have, um, you know, Doc Rivers now going into that third year. But you can say beforehand, you could say no, um, just because they didn't have the culture. And the culture still needs some improvement, proving to improvement um, to do. But, you know, it, it's hard to answer that just because of they've only had two years. Now, I will say this, um, you know, you look at the 76ers and the knock on the Sixers franchise right now is um, I know Al Horford, you know, struggled mightily as a 76er, but then he goes to Boston um, and he fits in well. He goes back and he becomes a quality contributor. You look at Jimmy Butler. Everybody talks about Jimmy Butler about, yeah, what he did against the Houston, I mean, against the uh, Toronto Raptors, how he was one of the better players in that playoff series. But there were games during the regular season where he was frustrated um, because he didn't really, he wasn't, he didn't live up to the hype, so to speak. So you look at it where, you know, now you're seeing guys who, who leave here and they thrive at other places because they're in better positions. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, and then you look at James Harden right now, came in here struggling. You know, it's like it just seems like it's always that way. Guys come here, Tobias Harris, people are saying he doesn't live up to the contract. James Harden, he comes here, people are saying, oh, he's shot. You know, Al Horford, he comes here. They said he was shot. So to me, that's like seems like the biggest theme when you when you talk about the 76ers right now. And and I think that, you know, hopefully for them that they hope that they can turn that corner, you know, with free agency this summer if they're able to bring in someone. Uh, and, and along those lines, we'll stick with the Sixers before we go back to the NBA at large. You, you wrote this week that multiple league sources have said the team's gauging interest in Tobias, Matisse, Furkan. They did end up re-upping Shake, but I don't know if they would move him with that, that contract. I mean, as small as like just under $2 million. Danny Green and the 23rd pick. What do they think they need to get? It seems like they're willing to move everything, including Jeff's tickets, by the way, for his seats. Um, minus, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> minus Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and James Harden right now. It seems like everything is for sale on this team to try and remake the vision. What do they want that vision to be of this team? I mean, the vision I think that they need is they, in regards to vision, in regards to the type of players they're trying to bring in. Is that what the question you're asking? I mean, because of course they want to win a championship, but if, if if that's the question you're asking, I think that the vision is they want someone, they want tougher players. They want more players with more physicality, right? They also want some um, some versatile wings. Like when you look at their, their guards and their wings, you know, is like Matisse Thibel is a quality defender, 
two-time second-team all-defensive player, but he's not a good shooter. You look at Shake Milton, he's a scorer, but he's not a a, a, a a great point guard, so to speak, and he's not a good defensive player. You know, Furkan Korkmaz, he's, he can shoot, but he's not consistent. But then he plays a little bit of point guard, but he's not a point guard. So I think what they're looking for, they're looking for guys who can be more versatile and play on both ends of the floor, but also they're looking for some tough guys. I mean, you look at it, you know, and the phys- lack of physicality really showed up in that series against Miami. And it showed up in years in the past, too, where you just looked at them and you saw them get pushed around a little bit. So I think ideally, when if, if, if you want me to say um, a, a team, so to speak, that resembles that they what they want is a team kind of sort of like Miami. They lost to where you do have the stars. And the stars are tough, but at the same time, a lot of their role players have that dog in them and no back down. Um, besides one guy, you know, who's from Michigan, but he's a really good shooter, so they keep him. <laughs> but you know, he's just not the physical guy. But other, outside of that, you know, you get what I'm saying. There you go. I guess Keith is signing off now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Keith, that what you're talking about makes sense, but that's a major overhaul of your roster. There's nobody on this team that fits what you just described. And, and, you know, Jason said something that made an assumption that I'm not so sure. Maybe you can make everybody feel better. There's there's three guys that are off the table. Is Tyrese Maxey really off the table? If if Washington said, we'll give you Bradley Beal for Tyrese Maxey, you know, I, I think that, that they would have to, you know, I think they would have to, if, if Washington said that, I think the Sixers would have to consider it, depending on what they want. Now, me, what I do, it, I, I wouldn't do it. You create because, such a small window with older players. Yeah, you don't have it, picks in the coming years. You end up with nothing. You have like a one or two year window to win. And then you're left with a, not even a bear cupboard. They take the cupboard out. But 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 what have we seen over the years? And, and Maury's no different. They're star hunters. Oh, yeah. I know it's scary. And, and I think and I and I think and let me plug the inquire.com. Go to inquire.com where you get that you don't go after the stars anymore. It's not going to work. I wrote that last week. Anyway, sorry about that. Sorry about that, y'all. But look, here's the deal. The thing is, you're right. They're going after stars now. Here's the thing about Bradley Bill and somebody. Um, I had a conversation with a close friend yesterday, and he pointed this out. Bradley Bill's been injured for like the last two years, right? You know, so another time you're bringing in a guy who's injured, right? So he's not probably not going to play the entire season, which is is not a plus. And the one thing that, like you said, Jeff, they're going after these stars. Bradley Bill um, was second in the league in scoring the last two seasons. Not this one, but the previous two seasons. He was second in the league in scoring, right? My thing is, people think that they're going to get that Bradley Bill. It's hard to get that when you're playing with Embiid, right? You're not going to have the ball in your hands as much as you want it to because you have Harden. Secondly, you get everything goes through Embiid. So every that, that person that everybody's saying they're going to get is going to be a different type of person, right? You're not getting that. And then also, is he going to be happy when he's not the first option? 
or if he doesn't get the ball as much, or is Harden because, gonna be happy huh? when he get is Harden gonna be happy when he gets the ball more? I mean, exactly. So you know, I, I think we're gonna have we're gonna have some some problems with that. Now, another thing about Tyrese Maxey, the thing that I like about Maxey is, you know, here's a guy who, you know, he still has a ways to go. I mean, he has to become a better passer. He needs to um, be better on the defensive end, but he can get out and go. And he's found a way to get his buckets in the flow of the game, so to speak, right? A lot of guys who go from being dominant, all dominant players and number one options, I don't know if they can do that. I also think that Maxi is the type of guy who can become an all-star. Like Drew Holiday became an all-star. I feel like when you look at Maxi, he has a, a huge upside that he will be one. And he has a lot of value on his contract. Like you guys said, they're going to go in now. You're going to get this guy. And then all of a sudden, in a couple of years, the window is closed. I think Maxi can become the star once Embiid is done, right? Then Maxi can become, old, like, be that guy, kind of like how, you went from Dr. J, Moses Malone, to Charles Barkley, right? But if you if you basically go out there and go get another star, another max salary guy, within three years, it's over. Yep. The Sixers are like, no one's talking about them. They're going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers after LeBron James left. It's like, we had it, and now we don't have anything left. But if you continue with Maxi, I feel like, you know, those guys are going to come off the bench. Maxi is going to ascend to become a star. He's going to get paid. They're going to have cap space, and they're going to be able to bring in other players to play alongside him. So I don't know if I would do that because I don't, A, I don't think that um, getting Bradley Bill is saying all of a sudden we're going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, we're going to beat the Boston Celtics and and, and come out of the East. I just don't see it that way. No, I mean, we've seen at some point those guys are going to have to come off the court. And if you got a bunch of guys who can't find the basket or my complaint, the coach doesn't give the young guys the chance to learn how to find the basket in the season, just drops them in the ocean during the playoffs and tells them to figure it out. You're not going to have that success. And I mean, we see it all the time. You look at Golden State, they've got stars, but they've got role players. They've got guys that are on small contracts that are veterans that can be leadership. They've got guys that are younger that they've invested in. You've got Looney out there. They traded for Wiggins, who anybody in the NBA could have had Wiggins. Like, let's be honest. The Minnesota was trying to ship him to everywhere. Separate from when he was drafted, Minnesota would have traded him for a bag of balls at one point because he couldn't get along with Jimmy Butler. So, like, I just, people need to be real about what it is. So let's go back to what the stars are. You wrote the other day about James Harden. It looks like they're expected to pick up his option for 2022, 2023. But the Sixers, thankfully, seem hesitant to commit to four years of James Harden max contract. What are the conversations of where people will be comfortable in terms of the commitment that James Harden is seeking versus what the Sixers are willing to make? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think a lot of it might be for a couple of years. Like if you pay him for a couple of years, it's kind of like, you know, I guess in their eyes, it, it could be one of those things like with Tobias Harris, you know, deep down, they didn't give him the max. They gave him close to the max, but they didn't give him the full max. You know, there's some people who are critical of that contract, contract, but they didn't give him the max. You know, I, I think, you know, me personally, 
Um, I, I think that, you know, it'll be one of those things where I would probably wait until after this season, the next season, to decide what I want to do. But I'm also hearing that there are certain teams that really are interested in James. So James may have some options not to get, you know, a super max or whatever, but some options. So whereas the Sixers maybe feel like they're forced to do something with them. But with that, you know, I, I say two years. I say two years and, and then see where that goes after that, because that gives you three years. And then you'll have him, um, uh, Embiid and Maxi. Now, Tobias will come off the books on that third year. So you see what you have. I think that you have this year and two more. I think that's that's perfect. I honestly do. I think that's perfect. Are the Sixers going to do anything before the draft? I mean, are they just sitting? I mean, I'm sure they're doing something, but are they waiting till the draft to see whether they can do something? Because I, I see people getting frustrated that the Maverick can make a move like getting Christian Wood a week and a half, two weeks before a draft while – the Sixers clearly need more and haven't, at least visibly, we're not seeing anything. Well, I mean, first of all, like you look at the Mavericks getting Christian Wood. Do the Sixers have anybody on their roster like Christian Wood that, that you can like, that's really tradable? No, they don't. And also the Sixers, you know, they can't really get that, their biggest asset right now. And, and maybe it's not a good asset. I mean, it, it it's like uh, that it's, um, Tobias is Harris contract, but that's not the asset I'm talking about. I'm talking about the 23rd pick in the draft. So when you're looking at it, you're saying to yourself, okay, the 23rd pick in the draft, is that player really going to help me? But if I can get, you know, Christian Wood, that's completely different than saying, okay, I'm going to give you Furcon Korkmaz. I'm going to give you Matisse Thibel, even though I think Matisse is a hell of a defensive player and all it is. I'm going to give you Shake Milton. Or I'm going to give you Danny Green, who can't play this year. So, you know what I mean? And then some people are shying away from Tobias's contract right now, right? So I just think that people may have to be a little bit patient with that. Because when we look at it, I mean, these are guys that the Sixers need to get rid of. And everyone knows they want to get rid of. So am I going to take on these guys knowing that they can't even help the Sixers? You, you know what I mean? Like Christian Wood is a quality player, in my opinion. You know, and he's going there. And um, I, I just don't see Houston saying uh, to the Sixers, OK, I'm going to take in these guys. You know what I mean? And then people forget. Yeah. You know, this is the team that Houston thought Daryl Morey was going to retire. You know, Daryl Morey takes over the Sixers. <laughs> so, you know, you have that little factor going on, too. So, OK, we've talked about the players so far, we've seen two assistant coaches, Ime Doku and Monty Williams, go and have extreme success after leaving here as Sixers assistants. Sam Cassell apparently is now under consideration for the Utah head coaching job. Um, I've been clear that I have concerns about Doc and, and what they're doing, whether it's working. Are we going to let Sam Cassell walk out the door now, too, for another team to, to coach? Is that what I'm going to see happen? I don't think so. I mean, I think that's a little, you know, that's one of Doc's guys. And the thing about Sam Cassell, like the thing where I'm going to get, like, start really focusing in on this is if he gets a second interview. Because, I mean, last I checked, I think they're interviewing like 20-something guys for his job. It might not be quite 20, but it's a lot, right? 
And then you look at, and Sam is a great guy, great young coach. Um, he has a relationship with Danny Ames. You know, he was an assistant. You know, he he played for the uh, the, uh, the Celtics, and I believe he was a, a coach there as well, right? So for a little bit. So it's one of those things. He has a relationship. But um, I think it was a little different back then with those two guys. But the one thing you also got to say is it's part of the Spurs family because Monty Williams is a spur, was a spur. He, he he got his start there in coaching. And, and, and the same thing with Ime Udoka. They came here with the Sixers because of Brett Brown with the Spurs, you know, that whole situation. But to me, when I look at it, it's more of it looks bad, but it's more of the Spurs way. Because let's face it, these two guys were only in Philadelphia for a year. I mean, Sam Cassell has been a Sixer longer than Monty Williams and Ime Udoka. In in fairness, I did want Monty Williams when before they let him go. So, <laughs> just... yeah, but you you know what? Uh, I was always told by a mutual friend um, that Monty would never have taken that job because Monty's relationship with Brett Brown was okay. was closer than anybody could realize. Like Brett Brown was the guy who got Monty involved in coaching. So like he, he would, worked under Brett. So he would yeah, want he Brett Forrest out want, for him to get the yeah, job. Yeah, like if okay. yeah, now if that was the only job he could have gotten, but you know, Monty was so well respected around the league, um, like he would never have done that. And um I mean heck, that that that's cool to say that, right? Because nowadays loyalty isn't what, what's loyalty <laughs> in sports? Yeah, what's loyalty? That's not even a word anymore. Wait, Jason, in fairness, you you would have taken anybody over the current coaches, the last two coaches. Yes, and and in fairness, I didn't just say it after the fact. So I mean, I yeah. say a lot of dumb things on the air that we can go back and point to. Yeah, you comp- you complain in real time. I I do. I, I'm right. a real time complainer, and then mm-hmm. an after the fact complainer too. Don't worry, I don't let that go. Go ahead, Jeff. All right, so so over the next week, we're gonna have lots of draft talk. How many times do you have to charge your phone per day? <laughs> not as not as much as I used to. I mean, oh, man, I mean, what's it up? Might be train. It might be trade. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's weird. Like the, the big difference here is like, what are the 76ers going to do? And it's not like because in addition to saying who are they going to draft? Like they have the guy Marjan Bochamp. They got a guy uh, something Teron East Eaton. You know, they have EJ Liddell. They have a lot of guys like that. But in addition to that, you know, there could be a chance for them to select a player for another team and and basically trade the pick. So that that's the thing that's really busy. I, I think that right now, and I was thinking about this when I was, you know, driving my wife to work, is is, is one of is one of those things where when you look at it, that everything has changed now. Now we're looking at it as if the main point of this free agency Everything this offseason is James Harden. Like, what is he going to do? What are the Sixers going to do with his deal? And how are they going to build a team around it? It's like the draft isn't as important as it used to be because when we look at it, now the Sixers are, they need to win the championship. They need to get out of the second round first, right? Mm-hmm. So are they, is the 23rd pick going to be able to help them? And And some people may say no. You know, well, like, wait, let, let me answer the way Jason would. Well, not if Doc, not if Doc Rivers is not going to play. Never get on the court. And that's the thing. Look, I mean, if you look at it, 
Jaden Springer. See, he could, Jason, you could have went. You could have just went to the beach for the weekend. I could have I I just could have done the you. whole show. And Jaden Springer <laughs> will end up being younger in their system than somebody they would have drafted at 19 years old. So if they actually give him a chance to play, they could move the pick and still have a young guy that they could bring in to fill a role. But they haven't seemed to be willing to do that in the past. Yeah, you, I mean, we got a right point. I mean, you guys are correct. And and like the only thing I can say about that is, you know, like Doc sometimes he brings up, look, man, I played Mike Miller when he was a rookie. Well, Mike Miller was one of the that top. Was a picks couple, that was a couple of years ago, Keith. Yeah, yeah, and this and that. But the thing is, I like when I try to look back and I'll say, well, how come he's not playing these young guys? It's like when you look at his rosters going back from when he had the big three in Boston. Like, you know, we're talking about he had Sam Cassell on that roster. He had Eddie House. He had all these guys who were, you know, veterans who who were quality veterans towards the end of their career. Who could still for play. Championship, but could still play. <laughs> and so you go there and you go to the Clippers and then you come to Philadelphia and it's like, I don't know, man. Because, like, it's like to a point where do you have faith in this young guy? Because you know he's going to make mistakes. But you are correct. Sometimes you get them out there, you let them get their feet wet, and then they play and they do what have you. I still Um, argue that Tyrese Maxey should send a fruit basket to wherever Ben Simmons is living now because that's the only reason he's become what he is because there is zero chance, I believe, that he would have gotten the opportunity to do what he did in the regular season or the playoffs if Ben Simmons at 5% of Ben Simmons was available for this team. Ben Simmons, would, ben Simmons wouldn't have wanted to catch the fruit basket because then somebody would have fouled him. <laughs> I don't know how to top that, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, any parting shots for Michigan before we let you go? Find out more tips. Are you a Notre Dame fan now? I'm going to be any fan that's not Michigan at this no, point. I Jeff takes shots talking. at me all I, I the think time. he's actually talking to me right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That, 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 will nev- that will never, ever happen. Hey, I, I got a question. I assure you. I, I yeah. have a question, though. Who's 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 a Rutgers starting quarterback? Uh, next year, Garrett Garrett, <laughs> Garrett Winsett is still. They had the the guy who committed early and got the NIL money from Texas, uh, okay. so they actually have a good quarterback and they have a good recruiting class. We'll see what they do. You know I me; mean? I'm not going to sit here and oversell Rutgers, but they're not the 0 and 11 team they were my freshman year of college, ranked worst in the country by Sports Illustrated in 1997. What state oh, is Rutgers you, oh, in? You went there in 97. Oh, so I remember when I was at Pitt, right? And that was the first time that they lost to Rutgers in, like, the history. That must have been a huge might have been my problem year. for you guys. Junior, <laughs> senior, yeah, and it was embarrassing. I remember we had a recruit. He was – uh. so what happened is, like, you know where the student union is, Jeff. Yep. Right? So, mm-hmm. like, when they had the student union, and in the bottom level, they had, like, a little TV room. So it would have had this, like – McDonald, I'm not, not McDonald, parade all American recruit offensive tackle from Virginia. Right. Right. And, um, and I'm sorry for being long winded, but we're sitting there and we're watching the game and he, you know, we were cool. And they like, but he was like a red shirt. And he said, damn, oh, dad, keep sorry. Y'all. He said, he says, I think I'm a transfer. <laughs> I was like, what? Just because you all lost to Rutgers? You can't, you can't lose the Rutgers. You can't lose the Rutgers. Believe but- me, I have been told that before, and I joke with Jeff. My my first game, so they would give you at the time, they would give you a bus ride over, a free ticket, a free hot dog and soda, and people would go there, take the bus over if they went. They would have the hot dog 
have the soda, and they would leave by the end of the first quarter because Rutgers literally physically looked like a smaller, slower football team than who they were playing on the field at that time. It was unbelievable how bad they were. A bus ride. So it wasn't on campus? So they have like four different campuses up there. So I was living on the main campus. There are stadiums on what's called the engineering campus over there. So they've, they've, they're like all set in New Brunswick and Livingston area there and, and uh, Piscataway. And so you had to take a bus over because parking and the roads there are terrible. Obviously, they can't sustain a stadium. Not that they yeah, so they gave y'all a hot dog. They couldn't like give y'all a hamburger or anything like that. Or Man, a they could have. They could have given me straight A's, and I wouldn't have suffered through that season. There's Keith. only so much they can do for all that in-state tuition. <laughs> Keith Pompey, thank you for your shots at yeah. Michigan and Rutgers. Thank you. For- how, how, yeah. How, how many articles per day are we going to see during this next week? You must be working overtime. Nah, yeah, and we'll see. We'll see. Let me see what happens. I, I do one thing that I was talking to my editor was trying to do a story. You know, the fourth year anniversary of the Mikael Bridges trade is going to be on the twenty first. Wow, way to end on a high note. Yeah, so we didn't want that trade um, done gonna, either. I gotta, I gotta rehash that one. So I'm gonna rehash that, and then you is know, his mom is his mom working for the organization still? No, nah, she, she left shortly after. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, they, didn't get it. they didn't get anything for her either. Keith, she may have Jeff's tickets now to the game. So. <laughs> Maybe. Keith Pompey, Maybe. follow him at, at Pomp- uh, what is it, Pompey on Sixers? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, in the, in the Inquirer and on, on his podcast. Any, anything else? Like, you are the king of multimedia these days. No, nah, just don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow him on Facebook, he does lots of trashing of Dallas fans and Eagles fans, so you can enjoy that. Have a good one, Keith. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, fellas. Take care. Jeff, it's, it's just this team. I want to believe in this team. but What is this, the X-Files? Do you want to believe? I do want to believe. But what do you want? What would you like to believe? Uh, tell I, me how many th- there's how many players on this team fit into a situation where you're confident. You have Maxi and Bede if he's healthy. That's it. Or Harden. If I don't he's feel comfortable with Harden. Okay, that, but I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Who else on this team do, do you really care to keep? I I actually like Tobias if they use him the right way, but. Back to my point of, of watching what Wiggins has become. And, and quite frankly, I, I could argue that Wiggins was the MVP of this. There was no way anybody was getting it other than Curry because of Curry's history and stuff. But, but I could make the argument Wiggins was more of an MVP as to Curry in this one than Iguodala was in the one that they won where Iguodala was the MVP. Did you see from The Athletic who the biggest MVP of the Warriors championship run is? Who, the general manager? The Minnesota Timberwolves. No, I I would argue the general manager, the president of of the Golden State Warriors, is is the kind of guy that I would want here. In 2009, the Wolves took Ricky Rubio at five and Johnny Flynn at six. The Warriors Mm -hmm. took Steph Curry at seven. In 2014... The Clay Thompson and Kevin Love could have switched teams. The Timberwolves didn't want to do it. And then Andrew Wiggins goes this year uh, to go play there. So thank you to Minnesota for giving Golden State another title. And look, I mean, you have to talk about and Just this. remember, we could have had Jordan, likely had Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga earlier this season. Yeah, and that's, but okay, 
we could and have had them. And that doesn't just doesn't set it. But I don't know if they would have used them right. That's what I was going to say. We could so have I had them, but they wouldn't have Jordan, played. Yeah, I don't know if Jordan Poole would have thrived here. He's thrived there because Steve Kerr is his coach, and and he's got Steph Curry, and he's got Clay Thomas, and, and they, they have the ability to – grow their players and let them make mistakes. Jordan Poole did not come into the league as as somebody that he's turned into the third splash. But it's not just them. Look at Boston. Robert Williams playing, though injured, would the Sixers have put a rookie out there to play in that role and have that impact? They haven't, and that's the frustrating part with this team. You do have to look at the Warriors for a sec. They're the first team to win four championships in an eight-season span since the Bulls won six, and this is in the salary cap era. Seth Curry's got four titles in eight years. I mean, you got to start looking at the dominance that this team has had, and this team is not the same as the previous team that they won with. They have no, this, some of the this same is, pieces. This is arguably the, the worst of the four championship teams. Yeah, they, but they rebuilt it to get here, and they did mm-hmm. it in a way where they found younger role players, the thing we were talking to Keith about, that the Sixers haven't been able to do. One other thing, you and I both like Steve Kerr as a person and the platform that he has. You want to talk about a dominant athlete in sports. He has five titles as a player nine rings. and four as a coach. He's the seventh mm-hmm. individual to win nine-plus rings, last achieved by Phil Jackson. That is yeah, – I, I mean, wow. one more ring, and he got two hands full. Like, that's crazy. So, I mean, congrats to the Warriors. We'd like to see it with the Sixers. I still go back to we started the interview with Andre Iguodala and Drew Holiday. What could that team before they broke it up have done with Drew Holiday, that young team that we always look at before they brought in Andrew Bynum and made trades and started the well, process? Well, add a third piece to that. Vucevic was, was a first Vucevic. round pick for the There's Sixers. A lot. So, so, ima- so imagine if, if they had had the patience to grow with those three draft picks. I don't know how it would have turned out. I really don't. And, and you know, you never know what other pieces would have come in and stuff. But I would have taken those three growing and the and the growing pains of that over this what we've what we've now been through for the last decade. It's, only to have that only to have them raise ticket prices and tell me I can't have my tickets. I mean, the, yeah, let's okay. So let's I go. don't know since you keep digging me. Okay, about it. so for our listeners, Jeff has had a partial season ticket plan for years. He loves going to the game. He goes with friends. He goes with his son. He's taken me. He Clients, goes for business. Yep. Jeff is the kind of person that you want to have a ticket to your team because he is loyal and will go. Jeff, tell us about your challenges maintaining your ticket with this Sixers team. Well, I can tell you that when it came to the playoffs, I asked for my same seats, and they said they weren't available, and then I saw them on Ticketmaster for every game. Uh, Those exact seats, correct? Not for for resale. Actuals. Those exact seats. Those Those exact numbers. Not like in the section around it. Those exact seats. Those numbers that the salesperson said were not available were, in fact, available Mm -hmm. for full price. Someplace else. And now, by going up and doubling my tickets, the In whole price. section seems to not be available. And I'm sure none of those and, will end up on Ticketmaster either. And, and, and look, we've talked to other people. that, that It doesn't seem like people are renewing as, as much. I think people are kind of fed up. The prices are, are getting getting way, way up there. Um, I don't know. Is, is it the most expensive ticket 
in in Philadelphia. I, would, I mean, for the lower level of yeah, of depending on where sport, you sit. But probably. so what they do is they put out the average where they give you the low ticket price at the top and say it's not. Well, yeah, that's because they have. But the, for what, a premium for a premium seat, mm-hmm. those premium seats cost more than any other thing in in the area. I don't think you play that pay that much unless you're in a suite for the Flyers or for the Flyers or the Eagles or the. Um, the Phillies, like I, you know, you can go sit in Hall of Fame Club right behind home plate for a fraction of what you'll pay for your Sixers tickets. And, and, I, and I, during the playoffs, there seemed to be a decent number of empty chairs during those games, and I don't think they were all out at the concessions. I, I just, I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand how they um, forget me, but they, I don't understand how they treat people because um, because this is still still customer service. You would it, think. It's a people business, and and you're. I know the TV money and advertising is a big deal, but you still want people in the building, and and players want to come play. But I I cannot stand Boston sports, cannot stand any of them. But when you watch that game last night, do you not just go wow as as for, to how loud that place was at the beginning, and how many people stayed around, like in Philadelphia, as good as our fan base is. The, the Celtics in the last 50 seconds decided to take out their starters, and they got a, a cheer as they were coming out. Uh, that that fan base is incredible. Well, they have their so, mom, they have their moments like every there 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 is always. I will not excuse but, them. But, yeah, but 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 just just like we don't want to hear anything more about throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. You know, it's a few bad apples, and they're everywhere. The Horford family. They're had, in Toronto. A, they're the, everywhere. The Horford family had opinions of that this week, of course, <laughs> because they, you know, speaking of fans staying for the full game, Jeff, let's talk about what you missed this week. You, <laughs> I'm boy, just going at it today. Just, before I check, please go on your vacation. Before I check out for vacation, I want to make sure we touch all the bases, including this one. So, what did you miss this week, Jeff? Uh, so I went to the game, the day game on on Wednesday, uh, with 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 friend of the show, Dave Raymond, um, and uh, decided that I would beat the traffic in the eighth inning since the Phillies decided they weren't going to hit the ball or score a run. And Oduble Herrera decided, that, hey, you know what? Today's another day I need to be stupid and run right past the base <laughs> instead of sliding and then not get tagged and then just forget to go back to the bag quick enough. So I said, okay, I'm leaving. And, and I missed, you know, a, a walk-off home run by Garrett Stubbs of all people. Slightly unexpected. The Phillies uh, mm-hmm. scored 700 runs in the third inning yesterday on their way to a 10-run victory. They're now in line to win five straight series for the first time in 11 years. They're 12-2 and two in their last 14 games and 33-31, and 31, two games above 500 for the first time since the fourth game of the season. Tell yeah, me- and, you know, and you know what I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you? Everybody's focusing on, which is it's a shame because this team is now fun. I mean, Girardi did suck the fun out of it. As much as I like him as a coach, he clearly sucked the fun out of it because they look like they are having fun. Absolutely. They have how many teams right now, and now the Mets would if they could ever get their pitchers to pitch, but how many teams have a one-two punch with what Wheeler and Nola are doing this year? And and Gibson is is not been a slouch. He has pitched well. He's not overpowering, but he's done a really good job. 
Eflin's done a good job. Ranger has his games. This all comes down to Bailey falter spot start this weekend. Oh, yay. (laughs) Uh, But but we again have a situation where the Phillies bullpen, as is want of them to do over the last decade or so, is horrid. And somehow Corey Knebel weaseled his way back into a game and couldn't get the ball over the. I'd like to point out the whole bullpen is not horrid. The pitchers they choose to use in high-level situations have been horrid. Familia has been horrid. Knebel has been horrid. But Dominguez has like a 1.5 ERA. Han's been fantastic. Brogdon's been very good. So it's it's the pieces that they actually spent money to bring in that haven't performed. But apparently that's changing. They're going to closer by committee now. Knebel has lost his job after not being able to find the strike zone the other day, Jeff. You literally have one job as a pitcher. Throw strikes. Like, that's your job. And not he his. 18 not pitches. His. His he could barely find the strike zone. Hey, so um, our, our, our previous guest is, has, has left the show but has not stopped talking. Uh-oh. So um, he, he uh, what I just got was uh, August 23rd, 2014, the three-team trade. Ready for this? Yeah. Just to go back to the Sixers for a second. Traded by the 76ers to the Timberwolves. The Cleveland Cavaliers traded Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and a trade exception to the Timberwolves. The Cavaliers traded a 2016 first-round pick. Timothy Luawu Cabro was later selected to the Sixers. And then the Timberwolves traded Kevin Love to the Cavaliers. And the Timberwolves traded Luke Mabute and Alexi Chaved to the Sixers. Wait, that's all we got out of that? <laughs> all those players moved. And we got those two dudes. That was No, that was all after the Sixers sent Thaddeus Young to Minnesota, I guess. I don't. Is Keith just <laughs> trying to ruin my day? Uh, yeah, he's trying to ruin your vacation is what he's trying to do. I, I just... but, but let's go back to the positive of the Phillies just for a minute because they are so, so much fun to watch now as an offense. I mean, it, it ha- and it's not it, – not everybody's clicking yet. Can we I talk mean, about June Qu- Kyle Schwerber? June Kyle Schwerber is apparently a thing. He has seven home runs and 14 RBIs in 14 games this month. He's got 18 home runs in total now. Only Aaron Judge has more in baseball. Yet at the same time, Jeff, you love this stat. He's still batting 212. Mm-hmm. I mean, you jo- you joke that he is the Dave Kingman of, of the Phillies, but I, I said he seems <laughs> to be a much better teammate. It is It is fun to watch this team have fun. And I get that winning cures a lot of things, but they look like a different team. They have energy now, and they're putting. Their and you're feet... and you're missing pieces on that. I mean, again, Castellanos hasn't been hitting well. Segura is out for three months. I mean, you're still there's still flaws in this, but somehow they're finding a way, and that reminds you of of older Phillies teams, and, and that, that's fun. And people need to go. They're barely catching up, though, because the Braves haven't lost in forever. I know. <laughs> they are so good, man. They just don't They don't skip a beat. I don't know what's going on with them. Can, can we stick to baseball for a sec? You and I talk youth, youth baseball a lot. Did you see what happened in Jersey this week with an umpire and a coach? It's sickening. What the hell is I mean, wrong look, with look, people? You, you, know, you know how involved I was in youth sports, especially youth, youth baseball, and we've had umpires on the show, you know, 
We had an umpire on, I think it was last year, talking about a bullying situation where parents were bullying one of the younger umpires. This situation is, is an assault. Is, it's not even borderline absurd. It, it, it was a, a rough assault. And, and the, the disgusting part of it beyond that was the reaction of some of the parents so, on the same team uh, as the guy who assaulted the umpire and broke his jaw. At a game, uh, during a game in Branchburg, New Jersey, for 13 and under United States Amateur Baseball League tournament game, the umpire was 72 years old. And he was, uh, prior to the attack, he was arguing with the umpire regarding a call and ended up being ejected from the game. Following the ejection, the coach punched the umpire in the face and fled from the field. So this is what it said about it, according to an, the official Facebook page of the league. Here's what, what really got you and I. The coach, who's built like a linebacker, then proceeds to walk up to the 17-year-old veteran umpire with 35-plus years of experience umpiring games and sucker punch him in the face. Even as police and EMTs were providing medical attention to the umpire, other parents from the same team were heard shouting expletives at the umpire and saying things like, he deserved it. it makes it, my stomach Who deserves to be punched in the face because you don't like a call in a 13-year-old baseball league? Every parent on that team who didn't get up and try to help that umpire should be banned from ever being able to walk on a field again. That was yeah. as police and I'm not kidding were you. providing medical attention. The dude is knocked out on the ground needing extensive dental surgery with a broken jaw from a 35-year-old who punched him in the face. And so-called adults who are supposed to teach these children how to be adults and be productive in life decided to chant he deserved it. What is this, a wrestling event that you have chants that go along with it? Come on. Be better, parents. That's I, I don't get this at all. Look, I know I know people that have kids in hockey and baseball and, and football and all sports. And, and parents can cheer and do the right things and say the right things. And it... I, I don't understand this mentality. Why can't you be like that? This is kid sports. Your kid, whoever this guy is, did they arrest him? Did they find this person yet? I haven't seen whether they arrested him. I mean, because he cowardly ran away on top of everything else. It's just unbelievable. But but I, but I don't I don't understand this. And, and by the way, this guy, whoever he is, I guarantee you his kid's not making the major leagues. But all of those types of parents think their kids will. And that's the problem. And, 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 and what they're missing is what their kids want is to play with their friends. Okay. You want your kid to compete. Yes. You want them, you want them to do the best he or she can. But at the end of the day, what, what, what does it matter? It's for, just... mo for most of these kids, you, what you want is that when they're 20, 25, 30 years old, that they look back and say, when I was 13, I hung out with my friends and had a game and, had a great hit or something like that and learned how to be civil to each other and resolve conflict and all of that stuff. That's what team sports are supposed to be about. Not about some parent hauling off and punching an umpire in the face. Nah, it's just, you coached it. My kids are about to go into sports. I don't have patience for that kind of stuff. I, I learned a bunch of great things by playing sports. I did not learn how to knock out an umpire because my parent couldn't control themselves watching me play. Mm -hmm. and, we'll and, and and I hope whoever the judge is that gets this case does not go lightly on this person. No, somebody's got to be made an example of at this mm -hmm. point. I mean, premeditated assault. The guy didn't do anything. He made a call in a baseball game. You're the lawyer, mm -hmm. but I, I just, I don't know. We'll leave that there. 
Flyers news, Jeff. The Flyers have a new head coach to be introduced today. John Tortorella will be the franchise's 23rd head coach. That includes mm. our interims. How many How many years have the Flyers been around? Uh, long time. Since the mid-60s? Yeah. Okay, so it's a little less than 60 years, and they've had 23 coaches? Now, that counts interim, so like Mike Yo. Don't care. Them, but yes. That that's is, a lot of coach. That's a, a lot of coaches. They do not. That's a lot of instability. I was going to say, they do not have long-term stability. Uh, mm-hmm. The terms of the deal are four years, average $4 million a year. He's the second winningest American board coach behind Peter Laviolette, who also. All right. Here's my next question to you, then. They still have the same players? I Look, they will be a more. So who cares? They will who be cares a, who they get as a coach? That's They will be a more disciplined team. Which this team has not been for years. They may or the or he'll just lose his. Well, stuff. and either way, it will be good for radio. Okay, we will have entertainment because he will certainly get into it with uh-huh. reporters. He does not hold back. He will not hold back. Yeah. And no, given this team, they are still not good enough. But this team didn't do the fundamentals, let alone have the players to be better than that. So they have a lot of rebuilding to do. Look, I'm watching, and I know you are, the Lightning and the Avs in the Stanley Cup. That's like watching a different brand of hockey. That that hockey game. Just if you just watched the semi, the the conference finals and game one of these finals, even if you don't like hockey, I don't know how you can't love it. And look, I mean, like I I don't get that. That that is the best sport to watch finals of. I love it just is. playoff hockey. I love overtime playoff hockey. And you know that I love the handshakes at the end of a series when it ends. Yeah, but the talent, the talent and skill level on both of these teams. I mean, in the Avalanche, are missing two of their better players, but have so much talent. And again, I'll tell you the same thing I thought you before. Claude Giroux made a mistake. He should have gone to the Avs. He, he picked the – if he wanted a Stanley Cup – Should have gone to the Avs. That's where he should have gone. The Avs won in extra time. They take the 1-0 lead. Look, hockey is in better shape than they have been in a long time. Gary Bettman did his year conference press conference this year. He and said nobody listens. No, but he said the league will generate <laughs> record revenues of more than five point two million dollars this year. Look, mm-hmm. a league that's generating five point two billion dollars, that may be a conservative estimate and they feel like they're in better shape going forward with T V deals. Remember they have an ESPN T V deal now, so they will continue to get more exposure. You just right. have to feel like hockey's in a pretty good place right now, given everything they've gone through in the past two decades. All right. Well, can I ask you a question since you're on to TV deals? I don't take questions. Uh, well, you're going to. Since you like TV deals and the money and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the MLS signed an exclusive deal with Apple. Is that a good idea for them? Well, there won't be blackouts. Every game right. will be on. And the MLS audience is generally younger. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, I I have Apple. I love it. As long as they keep bringing back Ted Lasso, I'm in. But it, 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 is that the only place you're going to be able to see it? No, they'll eventually have some linear contracts with ESPN for some games, but it will be different. Okay. It will certainly be different. And I'm not sure. The money for the league is huge, $2.5 billion over 10 years. They'll get games from MLS Next Pro and Next and their development league that, that gets coverage. So it will grow the brand. 
But at the same time, not everybody likes to watch on streaming. Some people like to watch on traditional television. All and right. Second, second soccer question. Are you glad that Philadelphia has? Oh, I'm so excited. World Cup team? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, look, the next few years in Philadelphia are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you have the sesquicentennial coming up. You have the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in 2026. Mm-hmm. You have the World Cup in 2026. You may get other All-Star Games here around then. And they just released the Army-Navy schedule. And although it's a hit for the city because... Yeah, the city got screwed. What it, What is up with that? It's certainly a challenge that in 2027 is when they will be back after being here this year. And, and look, it's $30 million a year that's generated in revenue when the Army-Navy game is here, separate from the game being fun and being here. Hey, by the way, congratulations to Washington, D.C. for somehow merging the bid with Baltimore and still not getting a game. Well, they got an Army Navy game, but they didn't But they did get, not get they didn't get a World Cup game. They did not get a World Cup game. Uh How? Well, it went to Boston. It went to Gillette Stadium. Toronto got one, Boston got one, New Jersey got one, Philly Vancouver. got Vancouver. Van, well, Vancouver's out west, but yeah, right. you got 16 um teams that got it and and look, I mean it's going to be fun. They've got 48 teams in the World Cup this year. And one of, of them is going to be the U.S. for a change. Absolutely. And and that hasn't happened. And and we we see the men's national team playing. They they basically played in the mud the other night against El Salvador. Did you see how men's U.S. Played? soccer rides on this? On I'm the not success kidding. of yes. so it, to you is it like the women's World Cup was in the late 90s here in the states where all of a sudden it got the attention because it was here because they played so well. It's because it's that. here, but more importantly, it's because of the time zone. You know, we've had the Olympics that, that have, I think waned in the United States because of the time zone and, and when you can watch things. It's all going to be in North America. It's all going to be within those three hour time zones. And look, we can compl- we complain about nine o'clock games for the NBA. So even that's a complaint. But you're now going to have all of this in North America when we can all watch live. And the U.S. team needs to thrive here. This is this is their opportunity. They cannot blow this. I th- they can't, and I hope they don't because they've got a lot of fun young players. And look, I mean, can you imagine Brendan Aronson playing a game in front of the Philadelphia crowd? You got you know Christian Pulisic from the area. Like you've got homegrown young guys from the area with a sport that. And they'll be seasoned at that point. It's important for them to do well in this World Cup, to build the momentum, and then for the MLS to kind of take advantage of that. And that's why it kind of worries me about moving things to Apple Plus, where not everybody's going. A lot of people have it, but I don't know if it's as easily accessible. I think that they're on the leading edge because we talk about this as where we are right now. And I think that you're going to see more moving to streaming. I mean, you, even these traditional linear brands are moving to their streaming services. How many times are the union on ESPN Plus's stream rather than mm-hmm. on ESPN TV? So I think when we look at it in the frame of what sports has been, it's a huge leap. But when we look at it in the frame of what sports will be, 
with so many people looking for content to be, to be delivered to them where they are, when they're there, on their phone, on their iPad, on their whatever, I think that cord cutters and streaming is the way to go. And I think you have to look at it. MLS has one of the younger fan bases. That fan base is more comfortable with streaming than a more traditional fan base like baseball, which is older and isn't used to streaming as much. I just think it's mm-hmm. an economics of reality as well. All right. How much time we got left? We got about a minute left. Anything that you we want got to... so much time to talk about the U.S. Open, huh? Well, you didn't want to talk about it. Not, not that anybody cares about the U.S. Open. Every question to any golfer seems to be about the Live Tour versus the PGA Tour. What's going on? My question to just end the show with you is. Has anybody in the history of sports so quickly turned from the person that you rooted for to the person you rooted against as Phil Mickelson has gone from last year being the old beloved golfer who came back and won a major to this year people are praying and hoping he doesn't make the cut? In wrestling, they call that a heel turn. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work.